The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> so we're both just staring at each other. We hit record and we're just staring into the abyss. <laughs> it's what happens when two friends don't see each other for literal years. I know, but I'm going to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Countdown is on. It's cute. It's going to be real cute. Yup. Yup. And guess what? We won't just talk about the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I, you know, we've got other stuff to catch up on. I was thinking, oh, yeah. this is funny. I was literally thinking yesterday, I was like, I haven't asked Kelsey about work in a really long time. Like, I wonder how it's going. So I'll ask you about work tomorrow. Okay. I'll be ready. And I was like, do people, do people even like talking about work? Okay. It's funny. You should bring that up because I was talking to Alex today. We were going for a walk and we got like 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes into the walk. And we had only just covered like what each of us had done at work today. And I was like, this is not good. We are going way too granular on something like in the grand scheme of things doesn't even matter. So Hmm. I think there's a balance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I know. It's like, I remember when I used to have a full-time job and people would ask me about it. Like I appreciated that they cared to ask, but I didn't really want to talk about it. I'm like, oh, work's work. Like, yeah, I don't you know, really love it, but maybe that's because I didn't really like it. Uh, I was just going to say that. I didn't know if you wanted that to be on air, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's in there now. <laughs> that's so funny because I was consciously oh, okay. steering clear from saying that. But anyways, I also feel it's, like I used to whatever. think that I used to think that being busy was like, the coolest thing ever. And like, if I, if my phone was blowing up and if I was like thinking about too many things and going a million miles a minute, I used to think that was like a a sign of importance. And now when people ask me what's happening, I'm like, I can't even open up this can of worms. I would have to explain too much. We would have to go too detailed and that is just not worth it. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, it, yeah. Like the thrill of that wears off really quickly. But I remember when I first started at Shopify and I would travel with two laptops. I had my work laptop, my personal laptop. I thought I was the hottest shit, <laughs> like going through security, pulling out two laptops. And then I'd like be working on my laptop that had the Shopify sticker at my gate, like thinking I was so important. Oh. I honestly, I was the main character in those airports. I always was main character in airports. But um, but yeah, like it's not cool. <laughs> it's actually you, so cringe. You guys, okay, just just on the airport point, Emma's not underselling this. She literally plans weeks in advance her airport fit. Like that is like that's something we put thought into. That's not just a oh, spur of the no, moment like, thing. Because you're so like mysterious in an airport, like no one knows who you are, where you're going. Like you can be a totally new person in an airport. Oh my gosh. So be the main character in an airport. 
But do you remember when we were flying to San Diego and we had to go through customs at Pearson <laughs> and, and I was the last one on the plane and I was wearing these massive white platform shoes because I was being the main character. And I came like, I was running through the airport in these platforms. I'm never practical. Never. It's fine. Oh, wait, I was thinking of the wrong airport story. That tells you something. I was thinking of the goat cheese. I was thinking of the goat cheese. And for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about and think that I'm crazy right now, we were, where would we have been going? We were going to Mexico. Mexico. We were going to Mexico. All of us are on the plane. We're all settling in, you know, getting our AirPods in, the normal stuff. Emma whips out goat cheese, crackers, a knife. Was there a knife? I feel like there must have been. There was, yeah. Because how else was I going to get the goat cheese on the crackers? It was a plastic <laughs> knife. Okay. Um, but goat cheese on a plane, that's a first. Yeah, we needed a charcuterie moment on the plane. <laughs> the grossest part was I found it in my bag like a few days after we oh. arrived in Mexico. Oh. That was gross. You know, you didn't have to share that part. Like that could have just not happened and nobody would have had to know. Hey, I'm suing myself this whole intro. Can we? Like, <laughs> Let's cut the cord. We got to get to the episode okay. quick. Yeah. Who are we talking to today, Kelsey? Uh, we're talking to just two gems, two absolute gems. The founders of Better Basics, Sam and Caitlin, they are rock stars for more reasons than one. Um, First of all, they're building just like the brand that if I were to be a breakout entrepreneur right now, I would hope to be building something like this. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, they're just, they're so uncompromising. They're not overlooking any details and they are doing things right the hard way. And I think that is so special, not to mention the fact that Caitlin's literally a mom to a five-week-old baby girl, and she's so cute. She makes a little guest appearance at the end of this episode, (laughs) so stay tuned. And then Sam is about to pop. She's also pregnant, and these are two women that have you know, Caitlin's still at her full-time job and Sam's hustling on, on the side as well. And then they have better basics. They've got babies happening. Like you just have to imagine how chaotic life could be for them if they let themselves get there. And another shout out to the end of the episode. We ask a little bit about how they balance everything and their answer is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, no, it's good. And I just, I love that they make it easy. Like they were touching on kind of their target audience for this brand is the people that want to do well, but they don't really have the time to think about it. And they're making these products aesthetically pleasing, easy to buy on e-commerce D2C, which Mm -hmm. is an untapped market for a very high demand type of product. So yeah, love this brand. I think they're going to continue to blow up. 100% agree. And like you nailed it literally on their website. It reads, we believe that doing better should be easy. So we created a line of cleaning products, soap refills, reusable containers, and biodegradable products to help you eliminate plastic from your life. The convenience and making good choices easy is the complete brand ethos. And we just, we're here for it. We're here for it. We love it. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to pick a random card from We're Not Really Strangers, and I haven't seen these before yet, and so I'm hoping I pick a good one. Um, Okay, 
It says, what question are you trying to answer most in your life right now? We're going for it. (laughs) You guys. Oh, wow. Okay. That was quick. This came immediately to mind. Um, Will I be a good mom? Of course you will. (laughs) I can already tell you will be. (laughs) Thank you. 100%. Um, Yeah. 37 weeks pregnant. So it's obviously on my mind is like, who am I being? How am I showing up as a leader? And will I be able to be my full self and bring that energy when things are crazy and you haven't slept and babies poo explosions all over the hall. It's going to get really real, I'm sure. So I'm like hoping I can maintain that, you know, sense of calm through it all. Um, kind of related to that as a new mom. Um, and like a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world, it's just like, what is the world that my child is going to grow up in? Not being mm-hmm. negative, trying to be optimistic, but just thinking through, um, you know, that how we, how we want to raise her, what we want to expose her to and, you know, doing our best to, to leave her a world, um, that, you know, brings her peace and happiness. Big question. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it is a big question, answers. but it's valid. Yeah. It's yeah. I, um, yeah, that's very good answers. I think about that too. And I'm not even a parent, so <laughs> I can't even imagine if I actually did have a child. Um, Kels, do you want to go? I can go. I think you should go next. Give me a second to think about it. Okay. Well, for me, so I left my job in July at Shopify where I had like a very clear path forward. um, And now I'm working on my master's in psychology. I'm doing the podcast. I'm keeping myself busy. But I think the biggest thing I'm trying to answer right now is like, how do all these pieces work together and come together? But I think that's what I love about the podcast is we talk to people who share their paths and their so all over the place. So it makes me feel better, honestly, every episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's not a straight path. There never is. So I think that would be mine. Yeah, that's a good one. What question are you trying to answer most in your life right now? I have a really boring answer, but I don't know if I want to say that one because I'm going to bore people to death. But I've been on this really big personal finance kick the last couple of weeks, reading everything I can get my hands on to. And I just feel like every new book I pick up has a completely different strategy and is, is saying that every other book has it wrong. And... I don't know what to make of that. And I feel more confused than anything. Like I almost wish I didn't open up Pandora's box, but I'd say that's probably it right now. Trying to figure out what the right path is for personal finance and investing. Mm -hmm. I, yep. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a sexy answer, but here we are. (laughs) So that was our little, we're not really strangers um, bit that we're starting our episodes with now, which I think are fun, fun way to get to know our guests today. Um, and to more formally introduce you both, we've got Caitlin Rushton and Samantha Rayner here with us. They founded Better Basics in 2020. Um, welcome to the show, both of you. So happy you're here. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate it. Of course. So for starters, give us the backstory. How did Better Basics come to be? What is it? Um, I can kind of start from, um, where I, you know, kind of, I guess saw a problem in my life. Um, I was living alone and was traveling a lot for work and was so surprised considering the amount of time I didn't spend at home, how much was in my recycling and garbage bin. And 
like, wait, mm-hmm. this is a big problem, but like, what can I do about it? And I have a limited amount of, you know, time, um, to, to look into solutions or in this case, try to like refill my home products or reduce my plastic waste. I couldn't really find a way, um, that was easy. And, you know, there's, there's some retail locations in Vancouver here where you can go and refill your soaps and your laundry detergents, but I just couldn't get there. Um, and then, you know, Sam and I had been or have, and still are of course, really great friends. And we'd always connected on passions and career and growth and, I think one day we just met for a smoothie and started talking about it and you were starting to go, you know, out of you know, looking for some entrepreneurial opportunities and really inspired by sustainability and you know, living here in BC. And we just started talking about it. Yeah. And for me, so I did my master's in business, but I focused on sustainability. And when I graduated, I really wanted to work in green marketing and I'm a bit of a product junkie too. Like I just, I love products. I love curated experiences. Um, I love the customer experience and I couldn't at the time find a role in sustainability in a product or retail environment. Um, so I worked for a few other, um, big brands and what I saw the opportunity to do was like make sustainability very integral to the core of the company, but also bring, you know, there's a lot of good foundational ideas in sustainability, but they haven't been represented in a way that's accessible to consumers or that's packaged in a way where you really consider the customer experience and the full cycle of how someone, you know, chooses to purchase your product and chooses to use your product time and time again. So I was really fascinated with that. And together we both had this desire around packaging and single use plastic. And that was really the like impetus for better basics um, and where we started. Yeah. And like thinking back, um, I think in my head, I called it skip the plastic, but we had the idea of like a refillery truck that would go around to different places and you could bring your containers. Then we wanted to have simple swaps. Um, and Sam had to like source so many different products for us to just figure out like what was beautiful and functional, yet made it easy for people to replace something that you know, was just setting up in our in our landfill. How did you two meet? <laughs> like. Probably at a party. Twelve years ago or something. Um, Oh my gosh! Wow. Two friends. Yeah. 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 Not recent. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something about you guys and your founder story, and it made it seem like you had toyed around with a couple of other ideas before landing on sustainable products. Talk to me about that evaluation process and how you landed on this one. Yeah. Um, Well, I can share. So I left my full-time role in like consumer marketing in, I'm going to say December, 2019. And then Caitlin and I started chatting like January, 2020. So I'd already made the decision. I was like, I'm going out on my own and I'm starting a business. And I had a couple different ideas and they all revolved around either sustainability or wellness. Like I'm very purpose led and those were things that interested me. So um, I did at a time though, pursue or thought about pursuing a wellness retreat. That's right which I'm so glad I did not because it was before the pandemic and I wanted, can you imagine? Oh my God. I I wanted to do a hydrotherapy retreat and you know, there'd be like saunas and steam rooms and like the the amount of operational COVID procedures that we would have had to face. Um, So glad I didn't go down that route. So I think at the end of the day for me, why I landed on better basics was um, two things. One was I felt 
like I had skill sets in this category and I could make mm-hmm. an impact right away. And two, uh, was Caitlin. Like, I, we were both aligned on that mission yeah. and I was like, okay, we're going to be such good partners in this together and I don't want to do it on my own. And mm-hmm. we kind of had that synergy right away. Totally. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I have a pretty strong entrepreneurial spirit, um, but was never going to do it by myself. And to Sam's point, like we, you know, had always had that connection with each other and felt like really um, you know, trustworthy and we had the right intentions for it. And then Sam's like, I, for product and brand and beautiful things, like I love to shop, but I don't look at things in the way that Sam does. Um, she immediately kind of was like, Hey, there's something here that is like very, um, sustainably focused, but also like we could create a beautiful brand and beautiful products. And I think that's something I'd found hard was that like, you know, a lot of the products in this category, they're, they don't look very nice or, you know, maybe they're not made very well. They try to be, um, but, you know, people are going to use things that enhance their lives in other ways too. Uh, yeah. It's aesthetically or. Or like you have to go to the farmer's market to go find it on a special weekend only for available <laughs> yeah. for two hours. Right. And no one is making use of direct to consumer and e-commerce and like the convenience of all these modern things that we had both been working in. And so we're like, let's apply that to this category that has so much meaning and intention behind it, but it's just not reaching people in the way that is resonating with them or making it easy for them. Yeah, no, that was one of the first things I noticed on your website is, oh my gosh, these products are actually so beautiful. I want them in my house, which yeah, I think in the sustainability category can be harder to find. So that was very reassuring. And you both have really interesting career experiences prior to starting this. Can you speak a little bit about what was most transferable from those experiences and what you really needed to learn? It was totally foreign to you. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah. So my, like I said, my background was in, in consumer and product marketing. So I had worked for Sage Natural Wellness for three years um, before that, I was at Lululemon for four years. And before that, I was at a company called AG Hair that does professional hair care products. So beauty, consumer packaged goods, retail. Um, so I feel very comfortable in the product marketing space. And mm-hmm. why I was when we landed on this concept, I was like, okay, yes, that is something I know I can do. I know how to build out the campaigns, how to build out the brand messaging, work with the product lines. Um, the novel parts are for me, um, like the operational side and the supply chain, (laughs) that's a whole thing, especially when you're trying to be really specific about it with your sustainability standards. And then Mm -hmm. the financial side is like, it's new also being bootstrapped. I had a team of 30 people at one point to get things done. (laughs) And now I'm like, Oh no, it's just us. Customer service. Come back (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that is a big transition. Like being an entrepreneur versus having Mm -hmm. the resources of an established company at your fingertips is very different. Before we move on, I want to just pause here for a second. That is a massive transition when you're sitting there and you're realizing, okay, it's just me. What were your next steps from there? How did you manage it? For me, um, it's all about my community. Like I don't like to operate solo at all. So Caitlin and I have each other, but then we also, because we've been 
we've had careers prior to launching Better Basics. We have both of us different networks and people that we can rely upon to go out for coffee with, to run ideas by. Um, so that has been integral to a developing the business plan and the strategy and getting feedback, but be also just not feeling alone because <laughs> I really much prefer like group work. And so the more that you can kind of fit those mm -hmm. coffee dates into your day or run something by someone who you know has like worked in that same space before, what do you think about this? I found that I can kind of create my, my little office outside of, mm -hmm. outside of better basics, which has been helpful. Totally. Totally. We actually, we just interviewed someone else too. And she was like, yeah, we basically have a super lean, very mighty, but very small internal team. And we outsource everything and managing a bunch of outsourced service providers or freelancers is a whole other beast unto itself. But I think you hit on a really important thing. It's like, even though you have Caitlin, it still can be kind of lonely when you feel like you're so out of your depth in three out of the four areas. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that network and that community of people is massive. Caitlin, what do you think when you were coming over from the tech side, right? Vision Critical, Slack, some really big names in the Canadian market, what helped when it came to Better Basics? Um, yeah, so I've been on the enterprise sales side of things within those organizations for a number of years. Uh, and, you know, thinking about where, you know, within my individual role, as I was an individual contributor, I'm now in a leadership role, um, seeing where operationally and like financially, we would make the right decisions and would excel and where we wouldn't make the right decisions and we would you know, have a really bad quarter or be like, hey, we tried this and it didn't work. So understanding that that kind of roller coaster of like, hey, sometimes things are going to work, sometimes they're not. And it's, you know, it takes grit, certainly to be in that, um, to be in that, you know, area of a business generating revenue. But I think also, you know, generally entrepreneurship where you're going to take risks, you're going to learn as you go. And that, you know, partly why I love entrepreneurship is that like no experience or no day is the same um, and that you constantly have to learn. Like there's no answer. There's no manual. There's no book. Um, so your question around like, what did you do when you didn't know? I, I did a lot and I, well, my time is different now, but I spent a lot of my evenings and my weekends working on better basics because of like my you know, 40 plus hour um, day job. But I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, this is stimulating. I can, as Sam said, talk to, you know, members of, our networks or our community or learn from other companies. Um, and that was a, you know, a, a way that I could probably think back to experiences I've been in, but also I was like hungry to try and learn something new. And, you know, a lot of our pandemic quiet time at home, <laughs> it just happened yeah. to be the year where true it worked out that way. Yeah. Then, that helps. Yeah. So I think, you know, and when Sam and I started to establish the business, we wanted to make sure that we did things to set us up ourselves up for growth. Like, we're growing, but we want to grow more. We have big goals and aspirations. Um, and some decisions we made, such as like getting a 3PL and outsourcing that or mm. doing it in our garage, um, as yeah. we talked about. Yeah. Though, you know, where can we put our time and energy based on our talents and our experiences? And where, you know, do we need to do the foundation work now that we hope will pay off? Like it is paying off now, but it'll really pay off when. Um, you know, we really, really accelerate and have that large volume and Hey, we already have a three PL we trust. We don't have to go out like right before a holiday of 2021 and, and find someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're kind of solving for that scale 
early on, which I love. You're setting yourself up for success. That's amazing. Um, And so talk to us a little bit about, because you launched late 2020. Is that correct? Yeah, right before um, holiday, like in November. Okay. So how has that been from then to now? Has it gone as you expected? Have there been big surprises along the way? Yeah. I mean, I think that we, it was actually good timing um, to launch right before mm-hmm. we, we really wanted to get that holiday season in and we didn't have the full product line mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. It was pretty tight. We only oh, had, wow. we basically have two categories within better basics. We have a refill line of home cleaning and personal care products. And then we have like hardware or ha- housewares and hard goods. And so we had the hard goods, but not the cleaning products weren't developed yet because we were formulating them still. So we launched without them. But what was nice was, I think it was actually December 1st when it went out. Yeah. We are basically how we launched is through friends and family in our network. And it, it was the perfect timing for them to be exposed to a new company that had this mission and purpose and was the perfect gift giving item. So mm-hmm. in a way we didn't have the cleaning products, but in retrospect, I'm like, I wonder if it would have sold as well. Yeah. They're more giftable. Was per- the, the bottles and the bags and everything were more giftable. Yeah. And then we, from then we launched the refill line in the late February. And that's actually when we saw the business start to really take off. Mm-hmm. I think people were more interested in that aspect of the business, it's more novel. Um, mm-hmm. And then since then we've seen like steady growth and we're looking forward to holiday being a much bigger season this year. That's really what we're um, getting for. And we'll see, you know, we're such a new brand, so it's hard to know if we'll follow those traditional retail trends, especially with the cleaning products and that. But I think we'll just expect to see way more traction, way more energy in general over the holiday season. And we have some new products that are catered towards kind of being more giftable. Oh, that's exciting. I have to imagine if I'm putting myself in your shoes, like roughly this time last year, you're rushing through (laughs) formulation. You're trying to get everything together, ready for launch. I have to imagine that was a very chaotic time for both of you. So kudos to both of you for getting through it. What kinds of extra hurdles or extra considerations did you guys need to think about because you're a sustainable brand that like maybe some other company that was spinning up without that in mind wouldn't have had to think about? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Sam's been a a huge part of this, but like the quality of the products are like, you really took that from the beginning where it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, who are our partners? Um, you know, what are our, like we had to create our own standards for ourselves. Um, you know, as, as we started to source and, you know, from there, you know, we can only do so much being like, Hey, we are an e-commerce company. We have limited, um, you know, capabilities in terms of, you know, we have to ship products. Those products have to go mm-hmm. in a or in an airplane. And we're trying to figure out a way to have carbon offsets. But I think our products were like the core of it, which not everyone does, right? You can order anything on Alibaba. Oh, yeah. 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 So like the sustainability mission is going to be never ending. And that's why we say we're not perfect. We're just yeah. doing better because yeah, we know there's like, when you start digging, there's just like a million opportunities for improving everything across all of the channels of the business, but especially supply chain, I think is probably the area that we want to improve the most upon now. But what we focused on in that, those early days was the materials. Um, and we're really specific about like which materials and then which manufacturers we're working with. Um, but yeah, and, and like an example, we wanted to use organic, um, all organic products in our formulations for our soaps and our cleaning products. And we wanted to go after certification, which 
is in Europe that's not as popular in North America called EcoCert. Um, and we formulated for EcoCert and the soap jug, which is like a 1.5 liter jug of soap would have cost the consumer, I think it was like $60 mm-hmm. to have the formula done to the degree of standards that we wanted. So oh my then gosh. you're stuck with this, like, okay, well, no one's going to pay that. So now, so what we ended up doing is follow following um, the environmental working group standards. So we know that everything is safe. And then we added our additions of ingredients we knew we didn't want to use like palm oil. Mm. And so, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of research. And then, like you said, we kind of did need to create a bit of our own standards around certain things um, that fit within our ethos, but also, again, reached that customer in like an accessible way. Mm. Cause we, if you, yeah, if, if, if we did it all ourselves and we wanted to be like of that certain standard, we, we know we wouldn't even be able to have a product line that people would want right now. Mm. And it's like being reasonable around, like we've got, we have lots of innovation we want to continue to do. Um, but we also try to think about like, we needed to meet the consumer, like where they're at, right? Like different people are on their sustainability journey in different ways, right? Kudos to people that like, you know, are, you know, don't drive a car, reuse everything, have no yeah, waste. Like the girl products. that has the, you know, waste in a jar within one year. Yeah. I didn't articulate that. I know exactly. But like, yeah, you know, we were like, type. hey, that's a great goal and aspiration. But like, you know, we all need to just take simple steps. And um, I think that's where, you know, the original kind of problem was for me individually was like, and I was like, other people must be experiencing this. Like, so how can mm-hmm. we, you know, meet people where they're at. And then hopefully as they continue to see, Hey, this is really easy and I'm getting a lot of benefit from this. I like the products. We continue to have something that is good for the earth or the planet and good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. yeah. And even with the product lines and the products that we chose, we did a lot of research into what consumers were actually throwing away in terms mm. of single use plastics and bags and water bottles are still the worst offenders. Like they just are. And oh. coffee cups, And so even though the story around those things isn't necessarily a novel story, we're like, we need to address those like that. If you can just remember to bring your bottle and then like, how would you remember to bring your bottle? Okay. Well, I have to literally have to treat it like my purse and my phone. Like it needs to sit at the front door. It needs to be beautiful enough that it's an accessory that I'm now like Mm -hmm. packing with me every time I go. And so that was part of it too. We're like, well, let's make a better grocery bag. Let's make a better water bottle. Let's make a better coffee cup and have that all available to you. And hopefully that will just shift your behavior because part of what we're going after is a behavioral change for people. Yeah. And I, I love the whole ethos of, you know, doing better because I think that is a lot more accessible, right? Like it can become very overwhelming when it's do this and this and this, and it's, such an inundation of information all the time. I think for me too, I'm trying to make better choices, but sometimes you don't know where to start and you don't know what's greenwashing and what's actually legit and what's actually making a difference. Um, For consumers that are listening, I mean, we're all consumers. What are a few simple tips that, um, that can make a big difference? I mean, I think to Sam's point, like looking in your life, the things, like if you, you know, love to buy coffee out, um, you know, bring a reusable cup with you, um, you know, make it, put those reusable bags in your car or bring them with you, you know, when you go grocery shopping, have them be like, you know, just as important as your phone. Um, you know, and I think like looking in your life, 
like look in your garbage can and look in your recycling bin. Like, where do you have waste? Like, you know, where, where is single use plastic showing up? Um, and how do you look for better alternatives and just start with a little bit at a time, of course, compost, um, you know, walk or ride a bike instead of driving when you can. But I, I think for me, I continue like even now as a mom with a baby, I'm like, okay, there's so many products. It's like, okay, wait, also like, what can I just reuse and what don't I need? Right. And just trying to eliminate the stuff because the more we buy, um, the more that will continually be made. But if we just pick something that has longevity to it, that's made well, it'll stay with us longer and we don't have to replace it. Yeah. I think like one of the most simple things to do is just pause for a second before you buy something. Mm. Um, so whether that's like in a grocery store and you're just like filling your cart or whether you're online shopping, it's just like, give yourself that minute to reflect, like, do you really need it? And then also reflect on, is it, is the brand aligned with the values that you care about in the world? And so I think even just taking that pause, it's funny. Um, like I'll be looking at the pasta aisle, for example, and just by pausing, I'll be like, I'm going to buy the pasta in the brown recycled box mm. of paper, mm. not the plastic bag. Yeah. I'm going to purchase my next cotton t-shirt from a company that has a certified organic cotton claim and is made in North America. So, you know, just like there's certain things that you, you can just make a simple shift. There's a lot of alternatives out there, but it kind of just takes being aware I think is the first step. And sometimes we just so we are like so frantic in our days that we just don't even take that pause before we go and like make a choice and we just move on. Mm. Frantic's the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I feel like that's exactly how people feel, especially when they know that they want to be conscious of buying more sustainable products and they just don't even know what that means or what that looks like, whether it's a type of box or a bag, for example. So I think that's a really good tip. I'm curious because the West Coast has a bit of a reputation about being more environmentally conscious or being more health focused and wellness focused in general. When you look at the distribution of your customers, are you noticing that a lot of them are West Coast or are we starting to see the rest of Canada (laughs) catch on? I do have been seeing a lot of growth out of Toronto um, and the East Coast, which is really exciting. And like, I can almost remember like the first, you know, at the beginning as Sam said, like we, we were really grateful for the support from our like friends and family and community. But when we started to see customers, like we use Shopify, obviously, that in there, I was like, do you know that person? She's like, no. I'm like, wow, how did they find us? That's like, the best feeling. And yeah, and like that's that's really exciting for us. Like we did a survey recently out to I think all of our customers and where they were and like generally... Um, Yes, the West Coast, it's probably more prevalent. Like we live in a place where, um, you know, we obviously live in a beautiful environment, but it's great that we're reaching people in other places. I think our long-term growth will be East Coast. I think our, Hmm. like we're here, our headquarters are here, our network's here. Marketing efforts all started in Vancouver. So West Coast is like, it was an obvious place for to build the groundswell, but for me, success is taking someone who's mm. been shopping like total mass and mainstream and hasn't been exposed to this and getting mm-hmm. them to convert. I think that's way more interesting. And I think there's so much more potential for that than 
here um, if people are already, you know, so deep in their sustainability journey, they've got their own reusable bags already or Mm -hmm. they're making a lot of people I know make their own cleaning products. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're there. It's like a different stage. So we're more interested, I think, in attracting that like busy everyday professional who doesn't have a lot of time to think about this. They care about it, but they're not going to spend their weekends doing research or going to a specialty store to get a specialty thing. And they just want like a good solution that meets their needs for functionality, but also um, has everything else built into it and they don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I think that is a really good market to go after the people who have all the best intention but just don't have the time or the willingness to actually dive in and do research and it is just so nice that you can get a subscription you can put it on repeat you don't have to think about it um that's amazing as we wrap up our interview we like to end our episodes with some quick hits so we're going to get into those now first question just whatever first comes to mind what is the last book you read I'll be honest, I read a parenting book. Happy as baby on the blog. <laughs> I mean, you have a brand new baby. We'll let it go. <laughs> or maybe at the same time, um, Radical Candor. Ah, yes. uh, oh, yeah. good one. I think it's like yeah. a so called Bible at Shopify. My partner works there. But I know you guys talk about it a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot of those. I have, I have Barack's book on my bedside table, so I'm like halfway through. Um, and Michelle Obama's, but, yeah. but like the most recent one was also baby. <laughs> so <laughs> like aspirations to finish our promise land, but not quite through it yet. Well, okay. This is not a quick hit question. Emma, don't be mad at me, but I'm just curious. Like you literally have baby, a baby that's weeks old, Caitlin. And then Sam, you're expecting in a couple of weeks, like this is a really chaotic time. What does life look like balancing a baby as a business and then two physical babies too. <laughs> I mean, we're going to figure it out as we go. Um, I mean, I think for me, yeah, like Sam and I did our best um, uh, or our, you know, as Sam was like, Hey, take a month off, like go on maternity leave. We'll give you all the time and space you need. We have our, had a first employee, but come on in the beginning of the summer. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's That's huge. Yeah. Major. Yeah. Great. Shout out to Heather. Um, you know, but I think like just being flexible with each other's schedules, um, and just like knowing what we can and cannot do in the day. Like I obviously used to do a lot of my work at night on better basics. And now I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, well, I am awake a lot at night and I might read an article <laughs> during a late night. Oh. But, um, you know, at the same time, like we're, I always just think about it. I'm like, I'm really doing this for her and like the future generations, like obviously for, for us too, but you know, I don't want there to be a, a climate crisis. Um, when she's my age and maybe she'll be a climate change activist, I hope. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, the next, um, we're going to figure it out as we go. And I, it's also like really supporting, at least for, for me personally, that like Sam and I'll be doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're going to build our business. We're going to raise our babies. Yeah. And, and I, like speaking about Heather's employee, it inspires her too, because nobody wants to live or work in an organization where it takes mm-hmm. over your entire life. I think that's part of, yeah what we're trying to create with better basics is balance. Mm -hmm. And so being a purpose and mission led company, it's not about grinding it out all the time. It's about actually fulfilling your own internal Mm -hmm. purpose and bringing that to work every day. And so then it doesn't feel like work. 
then it doesn't feel like you have to be on all the Mm -hmm. time or it has to be perfectly done all the time. It's like we're working through the chaos together with a big mission in mind and actually think it's going to be a way better environment to be a mom in than any of the other more corporate environments I've been in where it's like the high pressure stakes are always on and the expectation is always there. Whereas now it's going to mold, like the company will mold around who we are as individuals and like the lives we want to live and, and hopefully set that intention for everyone we bring on and like create an environment where people actually enjoy like working and (laughs) they can also live their life. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) That's awesome. I actually, I have literally never once thought about the fact that when you're working for yourself, it doesn't have to be torture raising a family too. Like you can set your own parameters Mm -hmm. and the idea of like structuring balance and like forcing that is now within your control. That's, that's massive. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love it. That was a small deviation. I was just curious selfishly for my own information. Um, Next quick hit question. What's a brand obviously other than your own that you're loving right now? Like, you know, all the good. Oh, I, well, I love, um, (laughs) I'll shout out to the one brand that like has always had my heart because I went to business school with her and her brand is called Osejiro. Mm -hmm. And she um, produces beautiful garments in Ghana. And she started with um, women's cooperatives in Ghana and taught them how to sew. So she takes traditional techniques and textiles and she puts them in like a modern silhouette. Um, And they're they're a small brand, but they've just been taken off. Um, But then another brand I would say that has been inspiring me is um, Mate, the label from LA. They do the organic cotton basics, but I think... Mm-hmm. what they've done well is kind of what we're trying to do as well in our category which is like they're stylish they're everyday good items that you really will wear and then they've been really conscious about the materials they use and where they're produced and so, and I think it really is like ingrained in that company um mm-hmm. so yeah I think they've they've done a good job I always like to say kindred spirits brands <laughs> Yeah, those are good answers i try and find the the small ones yeah now it's the kid brands it's true the baby brands oh pella case i love pella i think they're um, (gasps) yes a compost bin um and we yeah they're local i think from bc and like they um, are yeah yeah, we just continue to do really really awesome products in sustainability space but make them still um stylish and yeah, every day. Please. And very like mm-hmm. D to C. I actually just bought the Lomi, Lumi, Lomi, the it. composter that goes on your yeah, counter. Yeah, I bought it. Have yeah, have you guys tried it? No. I've not tried it. Okay. I don't know actually if they're composter bin, but I think it looks like a great product. Oh my gosh. It almost looks too good to be true. You know what I mean? Like it's just so compact and it processes so quickly. And then you can literally just go feed your plants. Anyways, I'm supposed to get mine in December of this year. So I'll do an update and I'll let you know how it goes. Awesome. Good. Kelsey did call me like last week and said we should have them on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. So they're dear to our hearts as well. Those bioplastics <laughs> you can't put in your green bin and you can't put in the recycling stream. They get confused with regular plastic. So anything that says compostable on it, you actually don't want to put it in your recycling bin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know and that. You can't put it in a backyard compost, but you can put it in the loamy because it heats it up, which will break mm. it down faster. Yeah. 
Hmm. It creates that condition. So it's okay. actually going to be helpful for all those other things, those compostable straws and forks and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny in the ad, they literally throw their own phone cases in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. that seems like cannibaliz- cannibalization to me. But you know what? If it's a mar- marketing tactic that actually works, you go for it. <laughs> okay. Next question. What's one thing you just don't understand? Like within our business or in life? <laughs> Anything. Yeah, I, I appreciate it so much, but like how quickly amazing technology is built. Like I don't know how to code, but like kudos to all the intelligent, amazing people out there that have built amazing products that enhance our lives. Good one. Was it there anything... Was there anything that you, that spurred that thought? Like, were you experiencing a platform or some form of technology that made you think about that? Um, I mean, selfishly, I looked at like, uh, I looked at the Slack logo and then I looked at the Shopify logo. Those (laughs) products have made my life so much better in many different ways. No kidding. You know, I don't know how they, I know how they were built, but not probably behind the scenes. And I appreciate it so much. So I am so grateful all the time that it didn't end up being a gaming software and that Slack was actually (laughs) built instead. Like that is the happiest accident there ever was. Yeah. And the Toby at Shopify, you know, was like, Hey, I can sell snowboards online. Um, And now it's, you know, for, for us has made it really easy um, to build our website and our, our business. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. I'll I'll throw something like kind of random out there. It was the first thing that came to mind. Um, I don't understand how polarizing the world is right now. Mm. Honestly, keeps me up at night. Like, I don't understand how someone Mm -hmm. can't hear someone else's point of view, respect it, listen, even have a conversation. Like, why is there just so much? It just seems like there's so much tension between sides. I'm like, why do we always just use sides? Like, can we just recognize that different people have different opinions on things and just be civil? Yes. That was such a good answer. Yes, I completely agree. I think especially during COVID when people were at home and the misinformation that spread, just all of that, it's it's gotten messy. I agree. It's ongoing. It's, it is. Like every time I open the news or I feel like social media, there's some other issue that's going on. Can you hear the baby? Oh, yeah. It never ends. I know. she's She needs her mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She agrees. I mean, why can't everyone? Yeah, she does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sam, obviously, um, we don't want to keep Caitlin when when baby's crying, but we do have one last question that, if you wouldn't mind answering for us, who do you think gets it? Do you want to bring Isabel? Isabel gets it. She's Caitlin's five week old, and she's usually in utter bliss. She just needs to be fed and have a good nap. Yeah, we interrupted dinner, so that's our fault. But yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with that answer, honestly. Like, she, there's nothing I love more it. than like the innocence and beauty of a baby. <laughs> Isabel's our that's really cute. Love it. Yeah, she did so well. She's hungry. Very oh fitting. my goodness! <laughs> oh, now she's happy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we, oh, don't gosh, apologize. So, so sweet. <laughs> Well, this was a good ending. She was like, she waited to the last minute. (laughs) True. And there you go. So thank you both so much for coming on. We had a great time chatting with you. Learned a lot too. 
And yeah, maybe we'll have to do a part two in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so nice so to meet you both. That was awesome. I feel like I am more motivated than ever to just rethink all of my consumption decisions. So mission yeah. accomplished. No, completely. And I'm also just like incredibly inspired by them in so many ways. Like the fact that they're new moms and they're here doing this, the fact that they're building this company for their kids because they just want a better world. Like it's, yeah, it's all chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Love to see it. I honestly, when I think back to what I want to take away from this episode, there's a lot, but I think there's actually, it's probably what I'm going to title this podcast episode, to be honest. But when, when Caitlin and Sam were talking about, you know, the regulations in North America and them just not really being completely aligned with what was required of them, they actually went to the European market and started, you know, aiming for certifications there where the qualifications were so much higher. And I think Caitlin was the one that said it. And she just said, like, we had to create our own standards. And that struck me because I think so much of what we do are like, obligatory compliance types of activities like oh I guess we'll do this so that we fit these regulations or these standards and I think what's so special about both of these founders is like just what's required of us is not enough therefore Mm -hmm. we're going to go create our own rules and create our own standards and find a way to make it happen like come on yes Yes. And I think it's so important because we see so much greenwashing. And a lot of the times when you go look at behind these like certifications and who's actually funding those, it's huge oh, multinationals yeah. who are doing it to sell more product. They don't actually give a fuck. And so I love, you know, like question those things, dig into it, figure out what the standards actually mean and which ones actually you want to uphold. I love that. Totally. I also love the mention of as a consumer, what can you do is taking a moment of pause when you're buying mm-hmm. something. I mean, I'm a huge meditation junkie. I think awareness is like at the crux of what can solve all of the world's problems. So this is just another example of that is being mindful about what you're purchasing, not just grabbing the same thing you always grab, but taking a second to be like, do I need to buy this one? Or is there mm-hmm. one a bit better for the environment? Or do I need anything at all? Yeah. Um, I think that was a really good reminder. And I haven't heard that tip before. And it's something mm-hmm. I'm going to try to implement. Well, it's so funny because when she said that, I immediately thought like, oh, actually lately I have been choosing not to get the plastic wrapped cucumbers at the supermarket, but the like organic local farm fresh cucumbers that just come without it. And she was like, no, no, it's not just produce. It's also like the boxes of pasta versus the bags of pasta. This goes way beyond just the produce section. So Yeah. Talk about hitting home. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And what we would love for you to do if you did, could you tell a friend about our podcast? Someone you think that would like listening to it. Maybe they want to start a business. Maybe they have a business. Uh, maybe they just like finding out about cool brands. Spread the word about us. We would be forever grateful. And until next week, have a beautiful week. See you then.